Welcome to the Lucky Let Cord Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I'm your host, Chris Otto, coming at you live from the BMP Paribas Open at my familiar perch on the practice courts between 16 and 17. Looking to my right, watching the Romanian Mihaela Buzarnescu practice. A lot of the players like this venue so much that when they're eliminated from the tournament, they stick around to use the facilities for a couple weeks before heading to Miami. And it makes a lot of sense. It's just so gorgeous out here today. Standing, looking at a, the San Jacinto Mountains, which are still snow-covered. There's some beautiful clouds out on the horizon. Slight breeze blowing, but it shouldn't be too problematic today for the players. We have a jam-packed order of plays. We head into the business end of the tournament right now. All the men's singles round of 16 matches will take place today. That means we'll get Roger Federer. We'll get Rafael Nadal. We'll get, who else will we get? We'll get Yoshihiro Nishioka and Miomar Kekmanovic. Pretty interesting matchups. Also, we'll get Hubert Herkic and Denis Shapovalov. You can feel the breeze picking up a little bit. You can probably hear it in the audio. Um, it's going to be a very interesting round of 16 day today. And some interesting facts about the draw I can tell you guys right now. Nobody in the top half of the men's singles draw has ever won a Masters 1000 before. So we know for sure that on Sunday we'll see one of the players bidding for his first Masters 1000 title. And that's a pretty interesting storyline in and of itself. Of course, we've got Federer and Nadal anchoring the lower half. So those two are going to make it difficult. They've won so many of these titles before. And they are whoever makes it through to the final. If it's Federer or Nadal will be the heavy favorite to win this tournament. But um, also some interesting trends on the ATP Tour this season. We've had 18 title winners from 18 events. That's the first time that has happened since 1990. Um, we've seen the rise of Gael Monfils, who's going to be taking on Philipp Kohlschreiber today. He's got a 13-2 record against the German. It's been a really fantastic start to the season from Monfils. He is 14-3 on the year. He won a 500 title at Rotterdam. He's playing great tennis. And you have to think he's one of the players from the top half that really does have a shot to win this title. Another one of those players is Milos Raonic. Raonic was out on the practice courts uh, with Fabrice Santoro, as I mentioned just moments ago. He's been looking pretty solid. We take a look at his matchup here. He's facing the German Jan Leonard Struff. So pretty good matchup for Raonic to make his way into the quarterfinals potentially. And we've got some teenagers in the mix as well. Still two teenagers left. One of those being Denis Shapovalov of Canada, who will only be a teenager for a few more months. He turns 20 in April, but it's been a nice run for Shapovalov. He's into the round of 16, and he's got a very favorable draw. He'll face Poland's Hubert Herkic. A winnable match for both players. That's a big opportunity, in fact, for both players. Um, speaking of Canada, we do have two women's quarterfinals on the docket today. Garbina Muguruza and Bianca Andreescu will battle in the second match on Stadium 1. That is going to be after Nadal faces Filip Krajinovic, first up on Stadium 1. Now back to the teenager theme, Andreescu, the youngest player left in the draw. She's one of two teenagers remaining in the last eight of the women's singles draw, the other being Marketa Vondrosova and... She came through with a big upset of Simona Halep yesterday, and she'll face Elena Svitolina. Svitolina won one of the uh, longest match in the WTA Tour this season. She took out Ash Barty 
in a grueling three-hour and 12-minute affair. If you didn't see this match, it was one of the most intense battles we've seen all season and maybe longer than that. Incredible competitive performance by both players and just a uh, a real work of willpower for Svitolina to find her way into the quarterfinals here at Indian Wells for the first time in her career, this being her seventh appearance at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. So, so much to look forward to today. I want to uh, give you guys a couple insider clips, a couple interviews. We spoke to the Russian Karin Hachinov yesterday after his win over his compatriot Andrei Rublev. Before we get to the interview, a little bit of a scoop on Hachinov and his offseason. Of course, he uh, had such a breakthrough 2018, finished by winning the Paris Masters, broke into the top 10, and ended up having a really short offseason. And that was further complicated by his decision to switch rackets, which he did for about two months. He spent time working in the offseason, not just on getting back into shape and preparing for the new season, but also getting used to a new racket. Um, he has since switched back to his old racket, and that might explain or b explain a little bit why he's had a difficult start to the season, but he seems to be finding his form in 2019. Hachinov is going to face John Isner, a, play a player that he's never lost to and a player that he saved a match point against in Paris before he went on to win his first Masters 1000 title there last season. So let's hear from the Russian right now. Congrats, uh, deeper than ever before at Indy Wells. It seems like this should be a place you'd play well at, but it's finally clicking for you here. Yeah, like you said, first time I reached the highest, you say the, the longest run that I have, and I'm happy with that. Um, but on the other side, I'm taking this tournament as any other, you know. It's one of the mandatory ones, uh, Masters 1000, so. I prepared well and uh, yeah, I didn't have maybe before that some good matches, some uh, losers, but I, I was positive. I kept fighting, you know, and trying to find better form, better game. And um, hopefully, slowly, I'm I'm getting that. You got a job battle with John Isner next. You guys had three long, tough matches and you came out on the winning side of all of them last year. You just talked to him and he said you, you played, you, he felt like he ran into a buzzsaw. Your game is so big and it was tough for him. Um, what is the secret to, to beating a, a big player like that? I cannot say that he's pushing the ball, right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's also a big hitter, but um, yeah, honestly, in these three matches, I think I broke him once only. <laughs> so I have to try to be ready, you know, come to come to the tie breaks. I mean, if I have chance, of course, I will try to take it, you know, earlier. But uh, uh, he's a guy who you cannot complain when he serves days, you know, because he's doing that constantly, you know. And uh, for me, it's a question of uh, focus more on, on my game, what I should do, and just wait for the chance. Uh, if, if there is chance, you know, like the other match that we had in Paris, that was an epic match. I mean, you know, I had match point, he served two aces, and again, me, I served ace, so on the tie break at the end, second set, sorry, I, I lost it, you know, but I kept pushing, you know, because I was, keep fighting, keep fighting, then he had match points, then I again turned around and I won the match, so, you know, both of us, we had really high chances to win, after that I won the tournament, you know, so, you never know, in the matches with him, you just try to stay focused and to wait for your chances and to, to, go, to go for it when, when you have it. 
You take me back. Uh, we talked about your racket a little bit in the off season, but after such a successful year that like you had last year, what what was kind of the uh, the tone of your off season with you and your team? Were you looking to make improvements, or were you just really trying to get some relaxation? Relaxation I had before preseason. <laughs> yeah, was it, you had a really short off season, though. I mean, did you yeah. have time to kind of make any implementations to, into your game? Or uh, it's tough sometimes. You know, when you, you when you have good year, especially good finish, you know, you 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 have longer longer season. You know, so I finished really much later. Let's say two weeks later than normally I finished. The years before, then I had vacation with my wife, of course, uh, after you know, long season like that, and um, we had I had like twelve days basically, not not like three weeks, you know. I was thinking at the, at the beginning, but um, these all are problems because of good things, basically, you know, because I played well at the end of the season, so I, we had to a little bit squeeze squeeze the preseason but uh, still I work hard uh, like always physical because now you know the game is physical and I need to feel my 100% moving and uh, my body so we pushed a lot on that and then tennis sessions of course we just tried step by step not straight after vacation to kill myself but uh, day by day we were pushing more 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 than regularly you know we were doing so basically because we had less time but again now you know uh, <coughs> I didn't play maybe in February many matches, so I could gain these uh, practices and uh, gain this uh, amount of practices and hours that I sh that I didn't have in in the off season. So, but ask, answering to your question, if we work on something, yeah. Uh, yeah, like always, you have to try to do something to improve some things, but. Uh, we didn't have so much time, honestly. So if, to do if it. there was, were there any specific elements you would look at to get? Plus, I was plus I was testing records, so there was both things. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. But again, what happened? It happened. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. He's an interesting guy, Hachinov, and I find him uh, kind of humorous. He's. He's a funny guy. He's a little bit sarcastic, like uh, maybe in the same vein as Marit Safin, although not quite as crazy. I did ask him in an interview later if he and Daniel Medvedev have been trying to convince Rublev to get married and, you know, show him the way to being a more professional human being. But uh, he declined to comment on that. He said, I should go ask Rublev myself, which maybe I will do if I get a chance to sometime this season. Uh, we also spoke a little bit with Angelique Kerber. Kerber had... A really nice win last night against Arena Sabalenka. She came back from 4-1 down in the third set. This was an up-and-down match in, uh, which featured both players running through dominant stretches. It was a real nice contest of a, an absolutely powerful player in Sabalenka against the game's best counterpuncher. And those two played for the first time, and we look forward to seeing him play again because it was a really nice match, especially when both players were playing their best tennis. You, you saw the jaw-dropping power and aggressiveness of Sabalenka and you also saw Kerber at her best just just counter-punching brilliantly hitting the angles absorbing the power and putting it back in at Sabalenka very well and uh, she showed her experience and she showed her you know she's a big match player and she's rounding into form as well this year and let's not forget it was only nine months ago that she won her last major three-time major champion Anjali Kerber is going to face Venus Williams in the quarterfinals. That will be on Thursday here at Indian Wells. So let's chat a little bit with Kerber. She came into press late last night, was a little fatigued after a long match, but we got to um, fire a few questions her way. 
said it's the first time you faced her. So in terms of pace, how would you say she stacks up on the power scale? Is she one of the hardest hitters? Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's really one of the the players who is playing really aggressive from the beginning. Um, it doesn't matter what the score is, she is trying to follow her game plan from the beginning until the end. And yeah, she is one of the hard hitters on tour for sure. And the fact that you were able to rally back from 4-1 down, uh, that must give you a lot of confidence as you move forward to face Venus. You know, another tough battle, I'm sure. Yeah, it will be another tough battle, but I'm looking forward to play against Venus uh, again. I mean, of course, this match um, gives me a lot of confidence that I can still around turn around matches, but it will be completely a new match. We are starting both from zero. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, she's an inspiration for so many players and people out there. So I think it will be a good match. Always awesome to catch up with Angelique Kerber. Looking forward to her quarterfinal matchup with Venus Williams, who has been one of the big stories here at Indian Wells. The 38-year-old proving she still has plenty of fight and plenty of game left. You just never ever can count Venus Williams out. That match again will be played on Thursday. Today we've got just two women's quarterfinals, Muguruza versus Andreescu, as we mentioned, and Svitolina versus Vondrosova. Those should be excellent. A couple other matchups around the grounds that we haven't yet talked about. 40-year-old Ivo Karlovich already became the oldest man to win a match at a Masters 1000 event this week. Now he's bidding for the quarterfinals when he meets Dominic Team, That'll be the first match in the night session on Stadium 2. Should be a very interesting one. And of course, Yoshihiro Nishioka had that excellent win over Felix Auger-Aliassime in the third round. He's going to be facing Miomir Kekshmanovic, a player that we heard from yesterday on the podcast and was mentioning that he feels he's been a little bit overlooked throughout the course of his career. Of course, he's the third highest ranked teenager on the ATP Tour. He is trying to become the first lucky loser to ever reach a quarterfinal. Let me check this stat, actually, because I actually can't believe that it's true, but I think it is. Yeah, he's, he's bidding to become the first lucky loser ever to reach the Masters 1000 quarterfinal today when he meets Nishioka. So that's pretty damn cool. A lot of cool stuff going on. And we're going to have more cool stuff for you tomorrow. We think we're going to have Robbie Koenig, one of my favorite tennis commentators of all time. I think he's going to join the program for a short interview. I just chatted with him in the press room. Gave me some scoop on Gael Monfils, by the way. He talked about Monfils's, um some of the hard yards he's put in over the offseason, it turns out that this um, fantastic start to his season may not be um, all due to his relationship with Elena Svitolina. He's actually been doing some hard work of his own. So looking forward to speaking with Robbie Koenig. And that's pretty much it for the program today. I want to thank you guys for listening, let you know you can find us on iTunes. And we'd love it if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It would mean a lot to us. Also hit us up on Spotify. You can find our homepage at podomatic.com slash tennis now. On social media, come join the party. Facebook.com slash tennis now. On Twitter at tennis underscore now. We're also on Instagram and, of course, the website, www.tennisnow.com. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening. Enjoy a jam-packed and beautiful day of tennis at Indian Wells, and we'll talk to you soon.